0: Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee with Victoria. Before we get into today's episode, I want to preface that... The microphone that I had used um, is not my normal mic. Unfortunately it wasn't working when I was trying to record with Jack, our guest. So if you hear some static or just sudden silences, I am so sorry. We were having some technical difficulties on my end, um, but it shouldn't be um, an issue hearing Jack's answers and it shouldn't be um, too problematic to not um, understand the full episode. So again, I'm so sorry for that. But I hope that you enjoy the episode. Hello, guys, welcome back to Coffee with Victoria. I have a special guest with us today. I have here Jack Chen, who is the host and founder of Right in the Fields podcast. And he is on here to talk about all things mental health from a man's perspective, um, his story and how he really started his mental health journey. Um, hi-,
1: hi, Victoria. Thank you for having me on. As we, as I said when we started chatting, this is an honor. <laughs>
0: No, really. And I said it back that it really it's like an honor to have you on. So, and I'm so excited to have you on. I, I was telling Jack that I, you know, searching around on Instagram and I know his fiance because she's mm-hmm. alive. Cause I don't know her personally, but I saw I've been following her for a while and, um, you know, went to another and I found out that Jack, um, her fiance, because I've always this perspective when it comes to mm-hmm. processing emotions, um, especially within the Asian American community. I know um, the pressures are different um, mm-hmm. compared to females. So yeah, so I reached out to Jack and luckily he said yes. That's why he's on here now with us. And yeah, I'm just super excited.
1: Yeah, I'm always down to talk about feelings and emotions. <laughs> I spent a lot of time not talking about them. So now this chapter let's let's get into
0: it (laughs) right exactly that's so fun and why don't you you know introduce yourself a little bit for those who don't know you for my audience at least um Mm -hmm. you know i guess talk about how you um even started right in the feels podcast
1: yeah uh, as you mentioned i'm jack um most people know me because I am Christine Chen's fiance, and she is a life coach, and she worked for Wang Fu Productions, and that's why she has a following, and that's why most people have might have heard of me. But my podcast, Right in the Fields, it really is about man feelings, um, and the core of it is to create a safe space and also kind of have an audio blog of my own thoughts of what I've dealt with growing up being an Asian-American male or Asian-American boy at the time, and how Mm. I've grown to process my feelings and the challenges of it and the struggles in that.
0: Right. Yeah. I, you know, I know that, again, that us uh, as Asian-Americans, even though we're both Asian-Americans, that being male and female, we... Mm like I said before we have our different struggles and pressures and expectations that are put upon us. So, um, it just, you know, to be able to hear from another side of the story is something that I'm always open to and yeah. just to gain more knowledge. So, yeah, that's so great. Um, I, you know, and what really, you know, I know for like you not talking for a while, that's kind of why it sparked your interest to, you know, create right in the fields, podcast, but I guess what really made you want to become more emotionally aware and learn how to process feelings?
1: I think for for a lot of people, uh, you as a life coach probably know this, it gets a person has to get to a point where they're really that frustrated in life sometimes to seek change or seek, um, you know, just to put the pieces in place to activate that change. And for my life, Mm -hmm that was kind of the case. I lived my life for a lot, for most of it, not being able to communicate my feelings and not able to process my emotions. And there was a lot of consequences to that. And I saw that play out, especially in the people that I love in my family, or even, you know, a girl that I dated then. And Mm -hmm. I think I got to a point where I started to realize that my relationships were deteriorating. And I would, in the beginning, I would blame you know, whether it's the environment or my family, their personalities, or even my, my ex-girlfriend at the time. But when I started to look inward, I realized, well, I might be the common denominator in all those things, too. And I realized, oh, man, my, the biggest problem is I am not able to communicate with these people and also not was unable to communicate within myself. And that was why I realized, OK, I have to do something about it, because if I don't, this is just going to continue. And I am unhappy. <laughs>
0: Right. Wow. Yeah, it's really that, yeah, that step of self awareness, when you yeah. really just that clicks in some people, um, you know, unfortunately, that saying where, you know, you don't know through mm-hmm. it. And there's kind of some people have to hit rock bottom, or at least somewhat of that feeling to really want to change because I, I definitely yeah. felt that as well, where, I noticed that there was just something common about common unhappiness within relationships, mm-hmm. myself, you know, with, you know, jobs. And I'm like, okay, well, like you said, there's a common denominator here and I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. And, and then finally, if I figured out it was me that was going on, it was definitely my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really cool. Um, what would you say? I guess like as a male your biggest obstacle when going through this self-healing journey I guess walk us through like how the the, the male's mind think of emotions and stuff because I know that you know guys tend to at least the uh stereotypical or um you know information out there that males don't you know emotions a lot or like Mm -hmm. to talk about it a lot so I guess walk us through about how the your process was
1: I think the first is definitely your like the the self is the biggest obstacle, and awareness is part of that. And mm-hmm. you mentioned awareness to be able to be aware. Also, it, it comes in many different levels. You have to be aware of yourself and aware of your own. Uh, I guess, ob- like not obstacles, but aware of your own things that hinder you, and mm-hmm. self reflection is the biggest part of that. <laughs> Uh, step number one, when you self-reflect on your own life and what works and what doesn't work. And I think that was the biggest obstacle at first because I had to face some hard truths about myself and really reflect on things in my life that I was not proud of and that I was an active participant in or the one that caught, was causing that. And focusing on that, I was able to really look at myself in that light and be honest. And that's step one, to be, on, to be able to be honest With yourself and when you Mm -hmm. when i was able to do that i was able to intake other people's honesty of me because before i would just be defensive when people brought up things about myself and it didn't fit my own purview of what i should be as a man Mm -hmm. i would fight back i would get really angry or i get uh, as i said earlier defensive and not being able to be honest and even intake other people who actually want the best of me or want to see my best self then I was able to open that door of emotional healing and emotional journey to kind of conquer a lot of the things that you mentioned, why guys can't express themselves, because it is a lot of it is based in culture or based in environment, based on society standards okay. of what right. a man should be. And that was the first step for sure. That was the first step.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I you know, I, yes to that, because I definitely tell my clients about, self-awareness and being honest. Mm-hmm. And my coach tells this to me as well. I have my own life coach as well that, mm-hmm. you know, the bottom, the bottom line is you want to be honest with yourself and knowing what you want. A lot of us, when we say like, Oh, I don't know what I want. I'm not quite sure. And it's because we're not really being hundred percent honest with ourselves. And it could be because we are not ready to face that truth. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it can be ugly, you know, unraveling that or revealing that. So we'd rather just, you know, kind of ignore and kind of go through the motions of life than trying to pry open box and to unpack all those emotions.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also differentiating between what's your voice and what the, the voice in your head that's playing for mm-hmm. a lot of men. The voice that's playing is you have to be a man or even from your childhood, how your parents raised you uh, in, in deciphering what is actually you versus what is something else, another source of that. And for men, I think a lot of times that voice of what a man should be overrides everything. And if you're not able to distinguish these two voices and the voice in you that you feel like listening to that voice will give you more sustenance in your life and more meaning, then that's also part of awareness to be able to differentiate all those things inside your mind.
0: Right, right. voice voices, a lot of people don't realize that voices from like childhood upbringing, Mm -hmm. like what our parents taught us or what you know, society or school has taught us like, and it's true that we have to differentiate that voice of like that. Um, unintentional thought with like the intentional thought of what we actually want mm-hmm. definitely right and you know you speaking of you being an Asian American male like you know let us tell us like was it like kind of typical like uh, Asian American upbringing where the guy has to like provide or like were your mm-hmm. parents kind of that I guess I want to say, lack of a better terms, stereotypical way of telling mm-hmm. you you need to have this occupation, you need to provide and, you know, get married at a certain age and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, I wish I could tell you I was different, but yeah, it's pretty much the stereoty- <laughs> a stereotypical upbringing where I was taught to, to be, be a provider and you have mm-hmm. to be, you know, the, the man of the family and you have to kind of adhere to that standard. Of what, how how a male should act within a family, my dad was definitely like that. He was definitely like the head of the household uh, until he wasn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah, and uh, you know, and you know that I think that's what's why Asian American males have this ego within themselves. That's Mm -hmm. why it's so hard to talk about feelings, or if something were to trigger them, that's why they get some. You know, not all, but some might. Mm-hmm. because i will say that you know they definitely as if they like you know maybe family or our parents will mm-hmm. kind of just hype up this ego like yes you're supposed to provide yes you're supposed to be doing yeah. this and that and um you know they also you know of course they don't know any better that's from tradition um yeah. but then it does hurt of course the first and second generation um asian americans wondering like okay times are different why isn't it you know, kind of blending in the same way as,
1: you Mm -hmm. know, their
0: expectations were when parents gave to them. So I can see where, you know, the ego kind of hurts and guys can get confused during this time.
1: Yeah, and I think ego is tied into this, this question, because if ego is kind of counter to being open to seek mental health resources, whether that's life coaching or therapy, if you go to your parents, and they say, Okay, this is what you're supposed to do don't question it, then it doesn't access that part of, okay, there's all this stuff in between, if I do need help mentally in where I am, versus just doing as a duty or doing as an obligation, uh, these, these things you're supposed to, to basically accomplish. But there's a lot of stuff in between where, okay, maybe mentally, I'm not prepared to do all those things. So how do I even prepare myself mentally to do to be able to handle those responsibilities and for a guy that's that might be tough because you feel a lot of pressure um in in taking care of all these things but did your parents or did your environment train you or like teach you to bring you up in a in a good way for you to be able to handle those pressures
0: right right because i would say like trauma is also just Mm. not being able to process
1: the mm-hmm. feelings,
0: or somebody helping you process those feelings at the time when you know something's going on. Um, I, I remember just in middle school when emotions started, you know, rushing through me, and <laughs> I was just so confused. I would just yeah. repress them. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a point to this. This is not very helpful. <laughs> so I would just definitely repress. And I realized I was just really good at avoiding um, mm-hmm. when I got older. And, you know, lo and behold, at one point when um, things started slowing down in my life, I'm like, oh, these feelings are coming back. I don't like these. <laughs> but I I finally, pressing it, finally saw it up, um, you know, when it came to therapy and life coaching. Um, but yeah, I... I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's why it's so important for you, let's say for example for you to have a podcast and get into life coaching because someone yeah. a younger you now that they have more access to act, like content and be able to look up things that they they want because of the internet, they can find Victoria and listen to the struggles that you went through and be able to relate and also find solace or or a pathway to being able to critically think and and help themselves in situations where it is overwhelming. And for a lot of guys, that's the same way. It's it's overwhelming. And what do you do? Sometimes you just shut down. That's the easiest way to handle something when no one teaches you or no one guides you in slowly, um, step by step handling that overwhelming feeling or emotions.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I I, and I don't know about your parents, but I know my parents were definitely when it, you know, came to fight or flight when they first came to America, they definitely had to fight and, Mm. you know, try to provide for the family and everything. So that was kind of the same way, you know, I was taught growing up. It's just like, well, just ignore those feelings because you got to get got to get through this. You got to get through all these things. You can't be dealing with these emotions. Mm
1: -hmm, Exactly. And I think as immigrant kids or. Just Asian Americans, a lot of people understand that full well of the fight or flight immigrant mentality where they're where you go to your parents for help, but they just tell you, that's why are you thinking about that? Don't waste your time on that. Right. Just focus on what you need to do. And then when you achieve, I guess, stability, you can figure that stuff out. Then you can right. figure that stuff out if they even say that. Mm-hmm. And that that can be very, very difficult to handle.
0: Very true. It is because of, you know, they don't view our, uh, I guess, issues or problems nowadays as issues or problems because they're, Mm -hmm. for them, we're more, I guess, serious to them. You know, they had to make money. They didn't, you know, they had children to provide and we don't have those problems or issues. So they can't Mm -hmm. really relate. And so is that level of, you know, understanding. And I know some people have different um, views about understanding their parents, especially Mm -hmm. children of immigrants. But, you know, I always say, especially, you know, to my clients who are children of immigrants, that, you know, you understand for yourself, not necessarily give or for Mm -hmm. the other person.
1: Yeah, I, I, we've, I've been on that journey, too. I think when you focus on the journey, of wanting something from your parents, it can easily lead to disappointment because maybe they're not capable of giving you what you want. If it's mm-hmm. sorry or I love you in, in terms of words, right? Of course they love you. But if you if you are seeking certain things that someone's not capable of, it's going to be a long road to get those things. It's going to be a lot of conversations or a lot of disappointment. And sometimes it's, as you said, refocusing on being more intentional in these conversations with your parents to to not necessarily seek for something from that that child in you, but more just have a discussion of getting to know them better and seeing what they're capable of um, giving you on your own journey of whether it's self healing or mental health.
0: Right. Ooh, that's so good. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, yes to that hundred um, percent. But going back, I do mm-hmm. want to go back to the ego because I do have a question mm. about you know just. You know, with the male ego, I know that. Um, us as girls, females, we are taught also a certain standard that the guys provide. We have to find mm-hmm. the man who um, provides. I know my mom would always say, Go marry a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> and all, all of that yeah. stuff. So you can just be like, You don't have to work and just they can provide and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, that was kind of like my mindset growing up. Oh, I have to find a guy who provides and stuff. But then I. Me being the eldest, um, I only have one younger sister, oh. so my dad lucked out. We He just has two girls, <laughs> and so I definitely took on a lot of, like, I guess, responsibility mm-hmm. um, and um, replacing that male that my dad was probably thinking mm-hmm. that he was always going to have a son, but yeah, so, you know, I know that us as females sometimes... Don't know it, but we do put that expectation on our, you know, significant other or boyfriends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you could give us like some insight of, you know, why you as like a male um, being in a female Mm
1: -hmm. just to
0: all our female audience girlfriends, like what is going on in their boyfriend's mind? And how do you think it's better to approach when it comes to emotions? Because I know some guys are not mm. as open as you are, you know, to talking or expressing them.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I, I won't sugarcoat things. If your <laughs> boyfriend or your husband has a big ego, it's going to be really difficult. Because I mean, we live in a masculine society, you know, there's a lot of patriarchy in it. And yes. with that comes ego. and if the bigger the ego a man has, the more removed he will be from being able to access different sides of himself, because it's always going to be a hindrance. And mm-hmm. it, 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 there's, there's two parts of me. Sometimes I do want to say, you have to be patient, you know, with, with your male you know counterparts because right. it takes a long time. It really will take a long time for um, any guy. It, to be able to not conquer their ego, but understand their ego and work through what the ego means to them and how they want Mm -hmm. to operate in their relationships with the ego they have and how they want to develop it by maybe shrinking it in certain ways or just being able to see past their ego. Uh, But there's also another side of me that thinks – We've been we, we do handhold a lot in society, especially if it is a yeah. patriarchal society that males have to be able to be accountable for right. how their egos really affect relationships in their life. And if you are going to be stubborn, if you're not going to be able to emotionally access a certain parts of you to be able to communicate with your partner, you're accountable for that. Should she handhold you forever and, and be super patient with your stubbornness or with your pride? I mean, yes, of course, you need right. someone to be there for you. But accountability is number one. So for your, your female audience, it's, it's, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> I, I, I know there's a lot of frustration. And part of why I wanted to create my podcast was because I talked to a lot of female friends of mine. And they right. were super frustrated with their boyfriends. And they went, Jack, why are they like, like that?
0: Oh, I've I
1: don't understand.
0: To that one.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: definitely because I was also like going through and I think that's also mm-hmm. a part of how I found
1: mm-hmm.
0: I my boyfriend is definitely not someone to talk about his feelings. So I'm just always mm-hmm. curious. Like I just want to like break open his mind and wonder what he's thinking about because he will mm-hmm. not express them. And I finally me being such a overly emotional person and a life coach (laughs) loving talk about feelings him being the Mm -hmm. funny how our dynamic is um yeah and you're right it's you know guys of course need to take that responsibility and just accountability as you mentioned but at the same time i know that females you know all should should understand because guys do come with trauma as well as you know females Mm -hmm. do just might might not look as emotional as women, you know, put it out there because of course we're so much better at talking about it than, you know, guys just of course with like we talked about before, like the mm-hmm. way that their families built up their ego and the way that the expectations were put upon on them. I sometimes I do have a soft spot for guys when I yeah. when I started doing my healing process, mm. I realized like, man, I wonder what guys are like going through and especially when they're this closed off from their feelings, it must be so frustrating. And it is you know, frustrating. sometimes that's right. And you guys, you know, that's when the masculinity comes out where that you guys maybe go-go um, boxing like how mm-hmm. to do something physical to unleash that, you know, feeling
1: yeah, and I uh taking it from the physical to the mental. It is important for guys, for men, and I think your partner or your like if you're friends with a guy, you can be part of that process if they start to embrace it to encourage them because it's not easy to encourage very vulnerable or or go against the grain of what you feel like you should do in terms of being a man or what yeah or what you f- feel like a man should be in terms of processing the emotion which is don't really go there. Um, so there, there's, there is a process in which anybody can be a positive in that, um, where they can help them with resources or be there to talk to them when they're vulnerable or just create a safe space or safe environment. And, you know, podcasting is one in terms of creating a space or a community. And that's that's really important. So there is things to do. I don't want to say like there isn't because <laughs> even though guys can be very stubborn, there are so many people, who, younger generation now, who are very open to mental health. And oh, yeah. I think really progressing that and really, you know, just encouraging that is the the best thing that anyone can do, really.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely ha- came to that point with me and my boyfriend. Um, we've been mm-hmm. together for almost four years. And I, you know, the biggest thing with life coaching, I mentioned this before in my other podcast where I didn't even go into life coaching for my relationship. And it mm-hmm. wasn't that my relationship was or anything. I definitely was still need to have a course like fights here and there. Um but, you know, once I do did a lot of self-healing, I realized, like, the by- there was a byproduct of also, also my relationship becomes more easier and flows more easier because I didn't put that pressure on myself nor my significant other mm-hmm. to carry those needs as well. And I was going to ask you this. I have my own opinion, but should, you know, us as girlfriends take things personally when, you know, their boyfriends not be vocal about their emotions or you know, maybe say the wrong thing.
1: I I think a lot of women might struggle with this because they, when you're in a relationship, everything feels personal. (laughs) And (laughs) the reality is most of it is not because this guy existed the way that he did way before you probably met him. So he has his own demons or his own mental health struggle in that. And Of course, as a partner, you want to help facilitate that in healing him and really helping him along that journey. But these scars or traumas, uh, if you want to put it that way, they are Mm -hmm. probably deeper than you fully understand, especially if you're talking to a guy that's not fully aware or not fully embracing being able to be emotional. So it's not personal to you that he's, like, withholding. It's more he is not set up with the right tools. And you being one of the tools can be yes, very positive, but you can't be the only tool. And I think a lot of men sometimes do try to rely on their female counterparts as the tool. But truly, it's Mm -hmm. not enough because life coaching and therapy. It's different. You know, you're learning to Mm -hmm. as a coach, you learn tools to help people as a friend or as a partner, sometimes you aren't able to provide those tools to your partner, even though you want to. And I think that's the very difference with having a partner help their, uh, a female partner help their boyfriend versus someone more professional, someone who has knowledge. That's why, yes, you shouldn't take it too personal, because it's not all on you to help somebody. It has to come down to Mm -hmm. other factors. Um, One, first and foremost, being the person wanting to help themselves. uh, A guy in this example, a man should be able to want to help himself and see in his own life that oh man I don't like the way that I'm handling you know my issues or communicating my issues with my partner or my family or my friends that I'm starting to see that I need more growth in this aspect of my life
0: right right uh, and I, I totally agree um, that's why I wanted I wanted to ask you first but I totally <laughs> agree that is something that you know, us as females shouldn't take personally. Well, mm-hmm. you know, not just with, of course, our body. Yeah. um Because, like you said, everyone has their own demons, trauma. Um, you know, it's really none of our business what kind of you know upbringing and um mm-hmm. thoughts that they have because it, it. That being said, if it's none of our business, it has nothing to do with should never have to take it personally and mm-hmm. that was like the biggest thing that I learned um you know with life coaching that not to take things personally because it's actually you know their response has nothing to do with me actually mm-hmm. um and that's how my relationship with my um current boyfriend just became so much more easier and like like was no yeah. more pressure because I was that person me being the oldest I was definitely a, a mothering and nurturing type I mean I still am but um mm-hmm. I definitely was able to um just compartmentalize it and kind of show it in different ways because I wanted to be this person to you know save him or be yeah. this you know um yeah like that this emotional support for him but I realized that I can't be that, like everything for him, like you said, like, it's different tools, therapy, life coaching, those are the tools that he might need. And me just being his girlfriend needs to just hold this space for him. And that's sometimes that's all we can do. So, you know, for all my ladies out there, maybe Mm. it's something that you guys can talk about, because you shouldn't have to bear all that responsibility, nor have to go through that emotional feeling of, you know, that it's personal because
1: it's not. Yeah. yeah, I think when we when we speak about ego, women can have ego too, and ego doesn't always show up in the form of pride and the the way that we view male ego. Because to mm-hmm. want to fix someone's problems and feel like oh this is what makes gives me, um, you know, a purpose or or gives me like a value is to fix somebody or help someone. That's also ego because it's in your yeah. it's in how you define yourself through somebody else. (laughs) And if they don't, if you can't fix them, then you start to feel offended. That's also ego, even though it is a better source of (laughs) egoing where you want to help somebody. But it is still, like you said, to separate yourself from the situation from the person, that's kind of defeating ego or or putting ego aside. It it might be the better way to put it. And it goes both ways for males and females. It just might be seen differently. That's all
0: right right and it, it it's funny because because it you're like you said it looks better in society like oh she just wants mm-hmm. to help she just is yeah. trying to be there but you know and then but you you know forcing yourself on them mm-hmm. trying to open up you know sometimes they're not ready or they're not comfortable yeah. and doesn't mean that you have to El t- and that was mm-hmm. something that I had to learn definitely because I'm guilty as charge of like having that ego and wanting to you know um have my sense of worth into Mm -hmm. him and how he grew and all that stuff Mm -hmm. right and so that's why when i encourage people to do your own self-healing you never realize how much byproducts you get with like you're not even in a relationship with your significant other but like you know friendships um relationships with your parents you start to understand so much more and it just becomes like the the lens of your world becomes so much wider
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You put it perfectly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, to wrap here, Jack, Mm -hmm. I would like you to, you know, give a little bit, I guess, advice to my male and female Mm -hmm. audience about, you know, what, why is it so beneficial to just process feelings, become more emotionally aware, and I guess really kind of cater it to, um, you know, my guy friends and my audience Mm -hmm. um, to to start this?
1: It's, it's like it'll become like a whole new world, the way that you look at things, the way that your relationships develop, even creative energy that you have, if you are able to start embracing the emotional side. Um, and the benefits, I think it's hard to envision if you have always been a certain way in terms of mm-hmm. really squashing your emotions or repressing them. So it's hard to articulate exactly what the benefits are until you start. Really, step one is listening to your own thoughts. When it's quiet, when you're by yourself, really listen to what you're thinking and where they are sourced from, where they're coming from. You know, what kind of person should I be? You know, where am I in life right now? You should listen to all those thoughts and even jot them down. Because you can start to differentiate between are those really things that you want? (laughs) Are those really really the person you want to be versus, okay, that isn't. So where do I start now? Where do I begin? And I think the emotional journey is part of that for for men in particular. Um, Start to understand your feelings, start to understand your thoughts. And when you do, you start to realize that maybe there is another path another way I can embrace living life. And to be emotionally aware is to just be in touch with not just yourself, but with nature with people around you. And connection really at the end of the day is what brings us all together. Um, Connection and empathy. And with that, if you can have connection, empathy, and really start to improve your life in that aspect. Honestly, the world is your oyster. Um, You really have no limits. Because everybody can teach you something you know even even events can teach you something events in your life can teach you something emotionally mm-hmm. about yourself you know even bad things in life can teach you something versus just not uh, avoiding them and right. that's the new scope and perspective you'll be able to see in life where the positive and negative there's always positive in those things <laughs> and right anything, that's that's the biggest lesson i've learned
0: right wow yeah so good guys if you want like you have to go to his podcast he actually <laughs> you know if you like what he said in this podcast he has so many other podcasts with other guests too that he just like you know so he has so much knowledge and his stories just about you know mental health and again um, I am always open to different perspectives not mm-hmm. even just like you know for males but just like you know people who are you know different races or ethnicities mm-hmm. like it's always so good to listen and hear and so uh with that being said thank you Jack so much mm-hmm. for go, you know being on this podcast and this episode and let, let everyone know how they can find you and all about your podcast
1: well my podcast is called right in the fields i have a social ig account where you can follow me on right in the fields podcast and uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I have an email right in the feels pod at gmail.com. So if you want to email me with anything, I'm open to discuss it, to discuss any of these issues that we discussed today or any um, emotional journeys that people want to embark on. Thank you for having me on, Victoria. Life coaching is such a, I mean, if you're looking for a life coach, you know, Victoria, <laughs> go to Victoria <laughs> because
0: <Stop.
1: laughs> no, no, I'm serious because I, my fiance is a life coach and I know how much life coaching can impact someone's life and how it can really help you reach a different level or help you accomplish your goals that you want and the goals can be a wide spectrum too whether that's healing uh uh, whether that's with your boyfriend or professionally there's just a a world of things that you can really improve on and i really condone life coaching as one of the sources
0: (laughs) he's right and christine you guys um you know, you can check out hers too, if you like, um, mm-hmm. she is, you know, she does talk about all that as well, especially her being growing up Asian American as well. Mm-hmm. That's why, um, uh- I've been following her for a while because you know I was looking for more predominantly Asian American life coaches because when I first you know joined into this life coaching world I didn't find any mm-hmm. and um you know stumbled upon her and I was just like oh my goodness I didn't even know she was one because I knew her a little bit from Wong fu but mm-hmm. I didn't know she you know was a life coach so that was like so exciting and I just love the diversity and stories that mm-hmm. everyone can tell and Jack's right the tools that you know, we use in life coaching, and we teach our clients is just something that is, you know, just life changing, I Mm -hmm. guess that's, you know, not (laughs) pun intended. Um, And, you know, you carry those things throughout your life. And it's just so it's just so much more fun. Yeah. Just processing and living because you just feel like you're actually now living instead of going through the motions. Yeah, uh, but exactly. I'll, yeah, but I'll make sure to put Jack's um, IG handle in the mm-hmm. description if you guys are interested. And again, don't sleep on his podcast. It's it's <laughs> awesome. I I got so excited listening um, to it and like finding uh, about his podcast. So I'll make sure to, of course, mention him. Um, his description but other than that again thanks so much Mm -hmm. i really appreciate it
1: thank you for having me on it was a pleasure
0: all right well you know talk to you guys next time um when i post another podcast bye bye (laughs) all right right, thanks thanks so much jack hello welcome back to coffee with victoria episode 17 it's already been 17 episodes and i know it's been a minute it's been a while i'm sorry um but i feel like you guys already know how sporadic i am with these but i appreciate everyone's love and support when you ask about my podcast or my next post it really makes me feel so special <laughs> um but yes it's been uh, A little bit because I was on vacation two weeks ago I went to go visit my family in Michigan and it was really nice to see them again because I haven't seen my mom in person for two years now like almost exactly two years I haven't seen her so it was really nice to see her almost got a little emotional but I didn't Um, but yes it was really nice seeing her Uh, you know of course COVID had to do with it and before that I, I had a new job. I, um, yes, I had a new job uh, when I was in Virginia and that job required me to stay on site um, at the time and I had to be at work every day because um, I was on a 90-day probation so I couldn't really go home and then COVID hit and then once COVID hit after that, it was just a matter of like timing because she was traveling and yeah, I was traveling, doing things and me and Daniel have work. So anyways, I'm just rambling either way. Now we finally were able to see each other and I was super happy to see her and um, super happy to see the rest of my family, like my cousins who are basically my best friends, uh, my aunts and uncles who basically were my um other parents like like part-time parents because they've also raised me so it was just really nice to see everyone and i love my family um but i also took another break last week from posting and doing all these things because um i was just really tired to be honest (laughs) i was just really tired and i needed to like get back into like my routine and everything coming back from Michigan um, to Virginia so it was just nice to take that break and I almost felt a little guilty and then I started to of course self-coach myself and ask myself why do I feel guilty about this I'm I'm just tired you know it's okay to be tired. And I'm sorry if you hear like a bunch of noises in the back, like water and rumbling. That is my washer. Um, I'm doing laundry right now. It probably wasn't the best time to record this while my washer was going. But please ignore that if you do hear it. Anyways, um, but today I wanted to talk about boundaries. And I posted something on Instagram yesterday, which most of you already know and i mentioned in my captions about boundaries and i feel like i kind of like misled some of you guys that thinking that my family is like toxic or abusive and that's why i brought up boundaries and all that stuff after seeing them it made me feel like oh like i need to set boundaries but no that's not the case um my family is not abusive or toxic they're just a normal family but just because, um, you know, your family isn't toxic or abusive, they could be even the nicest people in the world, you, you know, whether it be friends or family, doesn't mean that you can't set boundaries for yourself. Because at the root of it, boundaries are not something where you control other people around you, right? It's not like, oh, it's my way or the highway boundaries. It's just something that you create to make yourself feel safe and comfortable and it's all about you really <laughs> it's all about you it's not, has nothing to do with the other person and you know if another person gets offended by it um which we'll get into about like the emotions and people feeling offended and stuff um their emotions about it is really not about you setting that boundary it is all about them right we all we've talked about this a lot where um when other people say something or do something it has nothing to do with you has everything to do with them and their past and and their mindset right and vice versa with ourselves but yes so um, again family not toxic but I can still set boundaries and and the reason why I want to talk about boundaries is because um, when I realized me coming home when I say home I mean back to Virginia I realized like how much i became more self-aware of what i wanted and what i um how much i want to consume certain things like you know when i say consume i don't mean like physically eat but i mean like how much um family time i need and i want how many social gatherings i want to go to and um you know just personal boundaries all those things and those are things that you know, I, I at first felt a little embarrassed and ashamed of, like, I felt very selfish. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, um, I feel selfish for only wanting to do things when I want to do things and then not wanting to do things when I don't want to do, do things. And when I say that out loud, it sounds kind of ridiculous. It's like, um, isn't that every person, right? Sometimes you're not really feeling it. Sometimes you really don't want to do, a certain thing or go, um, out drinking or, you know, you know, all the things you don't want to do certain things. And sometimes you do want to do certain things. Right. And so again, not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It is not a bad thing for knowing what you want and you don't want. Right. So this isn't to confuse you on like expectations of another person. And I'll I'll elaborate and get more into that because I think a lot of people get confused of like um, what they expect from other people and thinking that's a boundary because in order to violate a boundary, you have to literally like cross a boundary to feel violated, right? It's not, if they don't cross that, then it's not really like, it's not really something they violated with you. You just didn't like that they didn't do a certain thing out of your expectation if that makes sense. So again, I'm going to come up with a different um, analogy (laughs) for you later in the podcast. So stay tuned because I want to get into uh, more of the reason why I wanted to talk about boundaries. And so um, when I was in Michigan, my mom brought up um, a certain subject where I wasn't really like I didn't really care for it really. It's nothing that I was like sensitive about. It was just a topic of my grandmother on my father's side. And the reason why I don't really talk about her is because she's not really in my life. (laughs) She's not, she's not in my life. She's not in most of uh, her grandchildren's life. Um, it's something that she chose to do to herself. Um, and I don't mean that saying, like, oh, like, that's your fault, whatever, this and that. Um, she just, you know, how do I explain this? <laughs> she is just not a person who appreciates um, when other people do certain things for her or... Um,